0: fans and welcome back to the Demonland Podcast. My name is Andy and it's been a long time since we lost three games in a row within the season. In fact, it's been 1025 days. Back then we all breathed a sigh of relief that the horror 2019 season was finally over. And now as we head into the bye, having been toppled from top spot, one wonders what the rest of season 2022 will hold for the Demons. Joining me to find out is veteran Demonlander George. Good evening, George.
1: Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Bidman. Good evening, Demonlanders. Well, as I say, a week's a long time in football, but with all the announcements in the press over the last couple of weeks, a couple of days is more than enough for the Melbourne Footy Club.
0: Well, three weeks is an eternity in football, and uh, we've been living uh, through it. Um, also, joining us tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, no doubt tell us that he told us so, and it's all the loading's fault. Uh, Bin Man, good evening, Bin Man.
2: Good evening, Andy. Good evening, George. It's the uh, um, I'm up and about a bit. I'm um, hoping that uh, the Ds continue to drift. They're out to 360 for the flag. I'm. In a bit of bad news about Maxi will cause them to drift a little bit further and um, I might wait a month and see if I can get fours and, and I'll uh, jump on them like I did last year and <clears throat> pay for the end-of-the-season trip to Japan, which is actually, that's not true. I didn't have an end-of-season trip to <laughs> Japan, but that's, that's where these fans go skiing, not up at Buller. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, uh, yes, I would have thought Aspen
2: uh,
0: or Vale is more, more up the demon's alley. All three for me, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't mind Aspen. There's just too many Americans there. so <laughs>
0: Fair enough. <laughs> um, well, let's get straight into uh, the wrap-up. No doubt we'll talk about uh, uh, Max and how, how we're going to cope with life after Max, uh, particularly in this in this season, uh, a little bit later on in the show. But we'll just uh, give a bit of a, a wrap up of this game. And I, w- well, I guess the question we need to answer tonight, and no doubt both my co-hosts will have their say, is whether it's the loading, and that's the increase in training loads for a period of time to ensure peak performance at a later time in the season, or is it the loss of the playing personnel, both before and within the game, you know, that upsets the structures a lot and more likely it's a combination of of both factors. And whichever it is, the fact remains that the Ds did look a bit stagnant and we once again coughed up a lead and were overrun in the end by a team that really looked hungrier and and were prepared to take risks and take the game on uh, and then, uh, you know, ended up making us look very silly. I saw a graphic on Twitter from the broadcast uh, lauding our first quarter performances this season and praising the way that we strangle teams and they displayed our opponents' first quarter scores from a selection of matches this season. I'll just run through a few of them: the Bombers zero goals four, Port zero goals three, Giants zero five, Saints zero three, Frio one goal six, Swans one goal five, Magpie Magpies zero goals five. And you might say that's my MFC is on full of, on full display here, but I don't think that those scores uh, are a reflection of us really strangling te- teams. These stats highlight the inaccuracy of our opposition and probably mask a bigger problem that may have been there all along this year and sure we got out to leads in those games um, as a result of our our opponent's inaccuracy and, and in the early part of the season against some inferior opposition it was enough and and but as we've seen in the past few weeks that you know once the opposition starts to kick straight and our run stops and ultimately uh, we ultimately get overrun and had our opponents been more accurate early on then perhaps our and particularly early in the year perhaps our perfect 10 and 0 start of, to the season might have turned out differently Last week I rolled out some stats of our last halves for the past uh, two matches that highlighted, uh, you know, the last last half fade-outs and last week we were 70 points in the red and this week the stats have not improved one little bit. We've scored six goals, t- uh, six goals 16-52 in the past three weeks and our opposition have scored a massive 25 goals, 9-159. That's a 106-point differential in our last three matches after halftime, and that's a, a massive red flag. Um, there's no doubt the loss of Stephen May over the past few weeks is most definitely a contributing factor. He's the general of our back line, and whilst, whilst Jake Lever can marshal the troops and be an effective leader of the backmen, he simply cannot cover the defensive one-on-one capabilities of May, and, and, you know, he's also, you know, with Mount Maisie in the team, you don't have what Jake Lever's best at, and that's sort of the, being that third man-up interceptor. And add to that that we had two periods of 20-plus minutes where we had defenders, first Petty and then debutant Disco Turner, off the field undergoing concussion protocols. And, you know, that certainly doesn't help our defensive abilities or our structures. Similarly, down forward, the loss of Tom McDonald over the past few weeks has been a mitigated disaster, one that isn't going to be solved simply by Mac returning in the short term because that's not going to happen. We may see him later in the year, uh, if at all. And I saw a stat on Twitter that said uh, this season we average ninety six points when T Mac plays, uh, as opposed to sixty two points when he doesn't, and that's a differential of thirty four points less without him, or, or six goals without T Mac. And you know those six goals uh, just about win us <laughs> matches in the last three weeks. Not that he would have kicked uh, six goals in those games, but uh, that stat is certainly uh, one that's uh, that's worrying. Also, some stats with and without to TMAC. Um, With him in the team, uh, kicks inside 50 are marked 20% of the time as opposed to 12% without him. And with him in the team, 24% of those inside 50s result in goals, whereas without him, only 15% of inside 50s result in the goals. And those are very telling numbers. And it seems that neither Weed nor Mitch Brown are the answers here. Our forward line is simply dysfunctional at the moment. And one contested mark between Ben and Mitch Brown and Bailey Fritch is just devastating and highlights the impotency of our forward line at the moment. Our midfield racked up some impressive numbers. Oliver 43 possessions, Viney 33, Uh, Petraka 32. Uh, But without a lot of support and a lack of two-way running from a lot of their teammates, and, well, the bye just cannot come quick enough. Um, boys, my MFC SS has come back with a vengeance and the outlook is not pretty at all. We have daunting back after the fixture, starting with the top-of-the-table clash against the Lions. As we know now, we'll be without our premiership captain and five-time All-Australian ruckman in Max Gorn. We're staring down the barrel of a, possibly a fourth consecutive loss and on our home turf to boot. Uh I'll, maybe I'll start with you, B man. Any other general comments you want to hit before we hit tactical talk?
2: Uh, I, mean, uh, I think a really big factor that has to be considered is, is um, you know, again we've talked about a lot is injuries and uh, the impact. So you know, we'll touch on loading a bit later and, and all of that. Um, the the, the reality is, is that injuries is by far the biggest determinant of success in, in football. Now, leaving aside our obvious fatigue, I mean, the numbers, what were the numbers for the second half that you just said, Andy, in the last three games?
0: Uh, it was like six goals, 16. to it, it, was a, it was a hundred and something differential. Six goals so, to 25
2: Again, as I said last week, you apply Ockham's razor to that and and the logical answer to why that number is is that given a body of work over two seasons um, is fatigue. Now, don't even worry about the conversation about what the cause of that fatigue is. Is all of the fumbles, all of the things, but most dramatically of all, our fall away in the last twenty minutes of each of those three games is a complete outlier. If you look at across the sweep of the thirty odd, the twenty three games or twenty five games last season, and the 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 ten this year, so you, just looking at that number, that, that they are complete outliers. The first quarter is interesting because. We have been playing well in the first quarter um, of the last three matches. We've what we took a, a lead into each of the the games. I think, bar the the Frio game at the end of the first quarter, I should say.
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree, and I'll let you continue. But when you have a look at it, it's our opposition was very inaccurate in a lot of those games, particularly the last three weeks and earlier on in the season. So we did yeah, get yeah, out that, to leads, but it uh, maybe masks something else.
2: No, that, that's a that's a totally reasonable point. More, my point is is that is that regardless of the opposition's inaccuracy, our best quarter for the last three weeks has been the first quarter. Um, or, I mean, I guess we've also played well in the third quarter at times, but we've looked visibly fresher. Yeah. We've played a different style of football. And, you know, again, I I point everyone towards Goody's um, um, post-match presses. They're, They're just first class. And he talked this week. It was really revealing. He talked about method. Our method broke down. I mean, what do you think he's talking about? He's talking about our ability to maintain our system. And it's broken down because of fatigue. Again, it doesn't really matter what the cause is. for the, the But what I, I get frustrated with is people's answer to the cause is like there's, you know, the, the debate about loading has been raging on Demonland this week. But the other answers to the cause are often framed as Melbourne's mental weakness. Uh, the other te- opposition teams have worked us out. Oh, we're a bunch of spuds. We can't mark the ball up forward. We're getting killed aerially. I mean, they're like... The 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 reasons or um, for explaining our performance often default to these very difficult to quantify um, causes, and without any evidence, I mean, we've built up a really strong body of work at this footy club under Goodwin, um, and we should be, you know, people should have some faith in in where we're heading. Um, but when you get outliers, statistical outliers like our second half. Balanced by the fact that in those games, our we've started well um, when we're not fatigued and when our system does hold up, it's got to tell you something. So, you know, I'm I'm as confident um, as I've been in terms of our game plan and where we've been. The actual game, to be honest, just back to my point about injuries. It's it's by far the biggest issue, and you know, I think if anything. These fans could be um, accused of this year is getting ahead of themselves in terms of the fact that you know we kept winning without Lever, for instance, or without Salem, or as we talked about on the podcast, our ability to restructure our back six and still be effective down back was phenomenal has been all season but the reality is is we've had um what maybe 30 to 40 of our best 20 uh, we've probably lost 30 to 40 games of our best 22 this year if you can, you know maybe 25 to 30 and now with Gorney going down that's going to jump up last year we probably for the full season including the grand final we might have only lost I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 30 of our best 22 out injured. Um, and so there's that factor. And so we, we, we did brilliantly to win as many games as we did. But in the last three weeks, leading aside our, our collapse of our sort of ability, the method that Goody um, um, refers to, is we've had injuries in matches. We're during the matches. And I don't think people fully understand. And partly I think it's because what they see Melbourne do last year in the coming into the finals and we win ten in, 10 in a row, maybe fans do think we're superhuman. But if you take out your best defender during a match, any team's going to struggle. You see what happened when Wiedering came out of that Carlton side? They stopped performing full stop. They just fell off a cliff as soon as he walked off the field. Um, but on Sunday, it was insane. Sorry, on Monday, it was insane. Within about a five or six-minute period, um, Turner knocked himself um, into next week, broke his cheekbone, came immediately off the ground. Petty got smashed again, and amazingly didn't immediately come off the ground for a concussion test, but um, subsequently did. Uh, and about two or three minutes later, Gorn came off the ground with his um, what turns out now to be synrosis injury was off for ten minutes. So we lost three out, three of our tallest players within a five six minute period what team is going to be able to recover from that? We're not, we're not a bunch of superhuman. So I actually think we've played fantastic. Um, You know, not, we've played well in the last three weeks to overcome some of those odds against teams that are up and about. um, Clearly, you know, my position on the fatigue and and the cause of that. So, you know, I, I, I look at it much more positively about our performance and all credit to them. Um, I think it's really revealing what Goody's been saying in the presses. So he has emphasised our effort every week in those losses. He has made a point of emphasising how great our effort's been. You, you compare that to Longmuir um, jumping into the um, um, these uh, players after the loss to Collingwood where he basically said they got ahead of him. Goodman's never said anything like that. He said our, our pressure numbers have been okay, our Contested ball numbers have been okay. And that's the other interesting thing about the stats. Our contested ball numbers, for instance, in this match, were basically level at half time. up to about three-quarter time was still level and then just slowly fell away in the and that mirrored the other two losses as well.
0: Um, George, before I get to you, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, uh, good evening. Uh, who am I talking to?
3: Oh, hello, Andy. Michael from Haran. Hello, Andy. Hello, George. Hello, Bidman.
0: Hi, Michael. How are you going?
3: Well, thank you. Uh, Good summary. I think I'm not one of those uh, the sky has fallen in uh, brigade. Um, I hear what you say. A couple of quick questions. Uh, One, I think our unsung hero in the back line has been Petty, He's played so consistently, and for some games he's been on one leg. I don't know how many more injuries he can tolerate. Um, And I'm just thinking that um, are we perhaps expecting some of our players, like Petty and Max, to play through the pain barrier a little bit much? Can we manage them a little bit better? That's one question. The second question is, I hear a lot about training load, but I don't hear much definition about that and I don't hear much about it in context. Um, I think that uh, it really needs to be defined because people might have various understandings about the impact of that. Uh, and very quickly, I thought Daniel Turner showed enough to suggest he has a future before he was injured. Is it time for Magic Door, and is it worth trying Luke Jackson at centre-half forward? Gentlemen, over to you.
0: All right. Uh, George, maybe you want to talk about... Uh, 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 petty, uh, and and uh, perhaps and then we'll go on to, to B Man, you might talk about uh, the loads and stuff like that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um yeah, look, all of those are serious questions and I think we've partially um, uh, provided the answer in what Binman's uh, opening statement was all about. Um, Petty is a fantastic player and, quite honestly, I don't know how he stayed on the ground. He's being um, held, give...
0: to, held together by a sticky tape at the moment. Well,
1: <laughs> it, it has to be um, a gaffer tape of some yeah. sort because he, he's doing a great job. Um, he's cemented his place in the back line. Unfortunately, our situation and, and the circumstances are that, um, apart from Stephen May being out, um, he's being asked to um, uh, take a greater load than what perhaps he would normally. And then the, the second thing, as Man has mentioned there, we've had these in-game injuries to, to not just to Petty as well, but others around him. So it's it's impossible in-game to provide him with relief when all and sundry around are falling apart, quite literally. And you're seeing a similar sort of fall-off in Jake Lever's um, output, people are going, "What's he on about?" He's not doing. He's not intercepting. It's because um, these in-game injuries are, are so seriously affecting our structures and their ability to play their normal game. Um, you know, it was just tragic that we lost Petty and Turner basically at the same time, um, and and we and Max goes off the ground. All the Collingwood supporters get wet and Wet in their in their underpants about uh, the performance of Mason Cox, but it happened at exactly the time we had our three tallest players off the off the ground. Um, it was dead easy for him because he had no opposition, and that was our problem. That these in-game injuries are killing us, and uh, the loss of these critical players uh, killed us at the at the uh, exact wrong times. But unfortunately for Petty, we can't in his circumstances we can't do anything about it when they're on the field, and um, uh, the only other option we've really got as a tall backman is Tom. And he's been in, in and out um, uh, over the previous weeks, um, but I don't think we're going to be dropping to, uh, Petty. Uh, an eighty percent fit Petty is better than a lot of the other options that we've got playing at Casey.
0: Uh, Big man, you want to speak to uh, the loads? i um, oh, oh, hold on a sec, caller. Did you want to say something?
3: Huh? Uh, yeah, I hear what you say, and that uh, I understand all that, but I think there are times for a young player that you can really overstress them that it might be time to to rest them and say, well, look, get fully fit, otherwise you do them the potentially long-term damage.
0: B-man, do you want to speak to that in terms of there have been people on Lands, and I've seen on social media saying, you know, we're... we're Playing players who are clearly injured, uh, they're playing through the pain pain barrier. What What are your thoughts on on, on yeah, that? Yeah,
2: I'm just questioning that
0: generally. Be mm.
3: no, there's would've...
2: a there's a uh, I'm not sure who the saying can be attributed to about the um, history and you know failing to learn from history or repeating mistakes is it churchill or einstein einstein or um, and it makes for re- it's really interesting if you go back to to demonland one of the great things about demonland is it logs everything of course so if you go back to round 13 and i posted on demonland during the week it's uh, there's a there's a thread about our loss of course our post um, game loss to collingwood last same so exactly the corresponding time in fact, down to the day of Queen's birthday game, um, round 13. Uh, and it basically is repeated. You could pick up that whole thread and repost it, and it would take someone 25 minutes to work out that they're reading last year's um, uh, thread. And that issue about training loads is comes up time and time again. Um, and, and you, know, I mean, we, I, you know, I thought the same thing last year. We talked about it, you know, maybe we should be resting players over the bye, and maybe we shouldn't play Gorn, he looks beat up, we shouldn't play in that pork game. Um, and so we had that discussion um, on the podcast as well. Um, and what was clear at the end of the season, I mean, it came out anyway, but there was a fantastic um, podcast with Bruckner, um called Brookie and um, uh, uh, with Burjo. And I'd really recommend Michael um, chasing it down and listening to it because he, he addresses that very issue. Uh, and basically, he's. Burgess. But he's no longer at the club. No, no. So his he's philosophy, no longer at the club. No, yeah, I know he's no longer at the club, um, but his philosophy exactly on that issue was resilience and that you don't rest players. You train super hard and you don't rest players. Um, and his um, replacement, Selwyn Griffith, uh, was under him and follows... Basically the same philosophy, and he was his acolyte if you like. He was, you know, he's fantastic, mm. um, um, fantastically qualified. Was at Brisbane. Brisbane had a brilliant run of soft tissue injuries under um, Selwyn Griffiths', um, Griffith's um, uh, regime up there, uh, and he came in for a year. They did a great job, so he worked underneath Burgess, uh, and he's by all um, um, all the things I've heard is that he's implementing pretty much the same sort of program, but even more intense uh, and sent to that belief is all that philosophy is Burgess's belief in resilience and pushing through pain and not resting players. Um, that, that that's a critical part of the philosophy. So that's that's why they do that. Um, you know, of course, everyone can have. Their I can experience. understand that, George. Yep, I can understand that, George, and agree with you. But there have got
3: to be limits, uh, and <clears throat> and perhaps they're pushing to the max. Forgive the pun. Um, yeah, I still I hear everything you say and it's perfectly logical and I'm a historian myself so I'm familiar with the you know going back into history and uh, place a lot of stock on it. But my question was there got to be limits and I think we're pushing the limits a bit. Um, be that as it may, Daniel Turner, I think he showed enough. And is it time for magic door? Um, some people are saying he's injured or what? what what's what? Uh, do you think it's time that magic came and gave? Um, Gave them a hand, and uh, is it worth
0: trying Luke Jackson at centre-half forward? We'll, we'll talk more about uh, ins and outs later, but we may as well... Uh, d- 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 guys, so, uh, George, yeah. w- you you've, you watch a bit of Casey, Majak, oh, where, where's he uh, at? Okay, could um, he could he fill in? Uh, we'll go into more depth a bit later, but could he be a potential fill-in mm-hmm. in these next few weeks?
1: I, t- I think Majak might be called a con because simply we haven't got Max um, but otherwise magic wouldn't be. He's he, um, I saw him live or was it two weeks ago or just over two weeks ago? He's a long way from it. Um, people just throw these names around without actually knowing whether they're capable or of taking that step up to AFL. Um, if you were to take petty out, for example, to give him a rest, who would you bring in the first option? The first option was Turner. Well, he's not available this week. Our only other option is Tomlinson. So we've got no other options. Um, Mc- and it would have been Smith if he wasn't injured. Yeah, but he's, he's would have been Smith if he wasn't injured. Yeah, but he's injured. Mm. So we have no other options. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah. We're, we're playing petty because we have to.
3: We yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. What about <coughs> uh, uh, so time for magic? Uh, yes or no?
1: He'll he, he'll probably come in because Max is out, and that's because he's the only other. Oh no, I know that. Got. That's
2: that's yeah. why I'm asking.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I'd Luke be keen Jackson, for, centre-half
2: forward. For I'd be keen for Majak to come in. I wouldn't have Luke Jackson at centre-half forward. He's oh. going to be carrying the bulk of the ruck over the next um, five weeks, so he yeah. won't have any time. Going forward, yeah. You know, he's a ruckman first and foremost, and I, I personally think he'd probably... Be great for him to work on his forward craft because he's not a natural forward. But if he can, if he can build that aspect of the, um, if he's of the game, it will certainly help us out <laughs> because, um, you know we all, you always need good forwards. But um, yeah, I, I think he's a ruck-resting forward, and that's that's how his career is probably likely to pan out. Thank you. And one
3: last uh, observation in the future, and I'm not talking about this year, but from next year onwards, how's Jacob Van Ruin? Um, what potential do you think
2: he has? I reckon he's going to be—he's the player for what I'm most excited about since I first saw Jesse Hogan. Uh, I think he's going to be a star, um, an absolute star. He's got everything you want in a footballer. Um, He's got great hands. He reads the ball well. He uses his body, beautiful, um, one-on-one. Uh, and most of all, he attacks the ball like a tiger. Um, and his second, third, fourth efforts, um, I thought he he's going to be a star. I, I would be hesitant to be rushing him um, into the side anytime soon. Oh, no it one's is. suggesting we're going to rush him. No, we're not going to rush him. I'm not suggesting that. That's why good I said good. from next year on. Let
3: him get a bit of game time in. The worst no, thing no, would be I to rush him into yet. the side.
2: I wasn't suggesting that you were suggesting it. So, no, I'm, I'm on board the uh, Van Ruin train. All
0: right. Thank um, you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Michael. Really appreciate Cheers. the call.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, Andy.
0: Bye, George. Bye, Ben Man. All, right. all right. See you, Michael. Thanks. Uh, yes, that was uh, Michael. So, good to hear from him again. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Jacob Van Ruin uh, a bit later when I talk about uh, some some improvements that I would like to see. And I think maybe it might be time uh, to see what he's uh, got in store. I know we would have liked to have uh, developed him a bit more, but I think we're in a bit of trouble in our forward line and uh, maybe uh, some young blood is the answer. But we'll talk more about that later. Also, we'll talk more about who replaces Max because I don't think Magic will actually get a gig. I think there's a, another forward slash Ruckman who they might bring back in. Uh, Sam Wiedemann. Uh, so we'll talk more about that a bit later on. <laughs> George, is, uh, he's not happy What's with What's that me.
2: saying again, The Einstein, Winston Churchill, or <laughs> yeah. mistakes in history and all of that?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. you know, we don't have uh, much uh, much choice. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, man, we want to talk tactics. You had some observation about our overall, overall approach uh, this season. And I uh, see so you also said that... Uh, you have some uh, numbers that should calm the MFC SS nerves, and just for our, um, our, any new listeners or one that, uh, people that have heard that term MFCSS being bandied about, it's just a veil of negativity that envelops many DS fans uh, that we uh, will we'll, that will never see any success or we're always doomed to fail or whatever uh, and we thought that the Premiership would bury that once and for all, but you have three losses and it comes back with a vengeance. And uh, many of us are, are suffering at the moment. So, B-Man, take it away.
2: I might start with the numbers, actually, just to calm your nerves a little. And, um, and anyone else out there struggling with this mid-season slump, one, it is... You know, it is well worth going back just for the exercise to this time last year on Demoland, just to get a feel of how similar things are. Um, there's been some, you know, I won't prosecute the whole loading argument again. People can have their views on what the cause are. But just in terms of the numbers, it's interesting there's been some some really interesting stuff put on Demon Land about that um, uh, in the last couple of weeks, but also last year because the same conversation had was exactly the same last year. And um, Gorge Dunyan put up at last year, and he reposted it this year. A um, graph that um, that he'd got from a um, presentation to AFL coaches a couple of years ago. So he made it clear then and and again um, when he posted it recently that it's you know it's indicative of a example of a training loads, and so one of the things that it maps is for 22 season at the point in when their intensity increases and there's two 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 um, parts to it, or two axes and one of them is um, volume and intensity and, and the volume, the ramping up of training starts at around eight, nine and goes all the way through to around 15 and the two, the volume intensity goes up slowly and doesn't peak to about round um, 16, 17 uh, and the volume progressively drops after the buyers as, as well. And why I raise that is is because that corresponds exactly with um, some um, data that a uh, Viper's put up on Viper Crush on on um, podcast thread in on Demonland the five rounds of either side of the buy which corresponds exactly almost with that period of the premieres in the in the last um uh well, 2021. Uh, we went 5-1-4 in that period in those 10 games, five wins, a draw, and um, four losses. Um, and Richmond followed a very similar path. They lost three games coming into the bye that year in their 2019 flag. We won't worry about 2020 because the shortened game and, and the interrupted preseason and all of that stuff knocked all of this out, out of the side. West Coast, when they won the flag in 2018, they lost three three on the trot after the bye. Uh, Richmond in 2017 lost three um, games in a row Um Won a couple before the buy and then lost again coming into the buy. And even the Bulldogs, um, they lost coming into the buy last year. Um, so, you know, the, the pattern is clear in terms of, of those numbers. Um, so, there's some other numbers that are probably good for us to consider as well. Um, the win loss record of the Ventral Premiers in 2018 um, 19 and us last year. And, and how we're travelling this year is all characterised by a strong start to the season, except Richmond in 2019, but Richmond turned it around and had a um, super strong finish to that season, winning nine in a row. West Coast went 10-1 after um, um, the first 11 rounds. Melbourne, we went 11-1 uh, after um, 12, and again this year we know where we are now, 10-3. Every team um, of those three premiers had losses around the matches, 11-14. As I said, um, Richmond's losses were pretty heavy. They lost to North Melbourne in that period. 37 points, 67 points and 33 points for matches 12 to um, 14 in the um, three games. So that's uh, you know, that's through the bike or through this um, round 13 that we just had. They got touched up by 33 points by the Roos. I think it was 67 points. No one would have thought they're going to go on and win the flag if, um, if well, some might have were following this history. Similarly, West Coast lost three matches in a row, 15, 28 and 10 points. Um, and we're almost identical this year. We've lost three by 38, 12 and 26. Um, so, you know, the and our records at the end of the season were... Um, almost identical to 20. In, we were 17 wins, four um, losses, a draw in last year. Richmond were 16 wins and 16 losses in 2018, and, and West Coast were 16-6. The best teams in all three years on win-loss ratio ended up winning, all struggled during the, the middle of the season.
0: Um, I'm not sure, B-Man, if you saw in uh, the podcast's thread for this week it was posted an hour ago by Viper Crunch he, he produced a table uh with the buy and the five games preceding it the five games uh, uh post the bye from 2021 to 2014 um he didn't include 2020 because it was a year that was you know he couldn't plan for there was lots of um you know the, the, what, the festival of football and lots of five-day breaks and four-day breaks so he didn't include that one but all the teams going back, all the premiership teams going back to 2014, so that's Melbourne last year, Richmond 2019, West Coast 18, Richmond 17, Bulldogs 16 and Hawthorne 15 and 14, all of them lost games before and after the bye. Um, yeah, around the bye, we were 5-1 and 4 with the draw five, uh, uh Richmond in 19 was seven and three, uh, West Coast seven and three, uh, uh, Richmond five and five, Westkin Bulldogs six and four, Hawthorne in 15 were eight and two, uh, and Hawthorne uh, in 14 were seven and three. So all of them lost, sort of with the exception of Hawthorne in 2015, lost at least three, or, or some of them more, in to about five games, uh, in that five before and five after the bye. So it yeah. backs up your point.
2: And, and bottom line is, a, okay, it's sort of a moot point what the cause of that is. But what, what should be comforting to people is that is the pattern. That's the trajectory of the teams that win the flag. So we're following exactly the same trajectory as we did last year, which, of course, is no guarantee that we'll win the flag. Injuries will tell us um, whether we win the flag. Personally, I think that we're... We, you know it's only three four weeks ago five weeks ago that david king was saying we're so much better than any other team in the competition it's scary what, what's happened do you think that some magic has happened in that period of time that doesn't happen in elite level sport we're still the best team which of course again is no guarantee that we'll win the flag that you know that that's silly you know we could have a bad day on prelim day who knows um but i am you know it's Interesting to hear Goody talk again. He's talking up us being in better spot than we were last year. Um, now, you know, again, you can talk to the cows come home about what the cause is, but we're following a trajectory of premiership winners. Um, and so I think that that's what. Uh,
0: have you paused there, B Man? Uh, uh, George? Can you hear B Man? Yeah. No, he's, he's paused. He's paused. <laughs> so it's, it's on him. Yeah. It it's not my internet that's scrapped out.
1: No, uh, just, just, just to um, while we're waiting uh, for talk, talk a little bit more about um, Binman's commentary. And it was tied in with something that I was going to say. I had a look at Richmond in 2019 as well. Um, the three games that they lost in the middle of the year uh, around this period were to Adelaide, North and Geelong. Um, Adelaide finished 11th. He's up on again, the
2: exactly with the oh, um, B man. Um, B man with that, B- that chart <laughs> that I was telling from Ingorgine in terms of the of the mapping of intensity. I don't think can him. hear so us. man, can you hear should, us? You know, just focus on on on. You know, hopefully that um, we'll follow a similar pattern. Again, it's no guarantee that um, you know that we're going to go win the flag. I'm really worried most of all about injuries. So that's um, yeah, that's my concern
0: b man, can you hear us? No, I don't think you can hear us uh he He's typing to us in the chat okay <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll I'll keep talking to um uh in that case Yeah, in in that period with Richmond in two thousand and nineteen uh they lost to adelaide north and Geelong Adelaide finished eleventh uh north finished twelfth Geelong finished top of the ladder, but it gives you an idea about how much they dropped off on but what was really interesting was um, around that period, and if you want to hope that uh, history repeats itself, uh, at that, in, in that sort of May, June, July sort of period, Richmond were missing Cotchen, Nankervis, Asprey, Edwards, Short, Lambert, Rerold, Rance and Vloston all around that time, including Nankervis missing for six weeks. So um, that was their main ruck. So the same situation that's happened to us, they had terrible injuries as well as these losses around the same period. They didn't lose before, even though they had those injuries, they didn't lose afterwards, even though people like Nankirva still weren't playing. Um, But it's all about um, uh, what what the loadings are about, but also the injuries. The injuries affect you really seriously when your talent disappears. And it's the same situation for us at at this very moment. So... um, if there's any hope for us at the moment, after only three losses, um, it's Richmond were in exactly the same situation. They walked away with a grand final uh, win in 2019 as well.
0: Before you go on, big man, and glad you can hear us now. But <laughs> yeah, we did I lose got you. Bounced off the radio. We le- we lost you sort of midway. You sort of just paused. So then George sort of took <laughs> over, and then you came. You came back and then you couldn't hear us and you just kept going, <laughs> uh, which is fine, but you've come out, you, you're back now. This is a thing. But, uh, George, as you were talking, uh, you know, I'm sort of reminded about the disclaimer that uh, you get when you. Invest in things, or you know, when you see advertising advertisements, you know about investments and past mm-hmm. performance is not an indication of future performance. So no, uh, it doesn't that, really.
1: That, <laughs> that, that's certainly the case, and, and yeah, you, know, you can't expect have those expectations. But like Bin men were saying before, and, and you were saying, you go back now to two thousand and fourteen, and we're following the same. Uh, profile is what previous winners have have done so but also it's probably if you really look deeper i'm sure you'd find similar profiles for whoever finished second in those competitions Yeah,
2: absolutely which i had a look george and that's exactly right um um, the bulldogs were an outlier because they didn't but what's interesting with the bulldogs when i looked at that from that exact question george is that most of the teams did follow that, and that's the but only the top, the only the runners up, and, but then the dogs were successful um, in that bye period, but they lost their last three games of the year. So mm. who knows? Maybe they got it wrong. And and look to be clear, there's no magic bullet. It's Not suddenly going to become you know. Who, there's so many other issues that go into you know, not least of which is luck to going into win a flag. It's you know, yep. all comes down to that one day, which is the last day in September, last Saturday in September. Heaps that's got to go right. Um, but w- what we're doing now is putting us in the position to have an opportunity to win a flag. If we don't do it now, we won't win the flag. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's just a thing for people to, to focus in on. But, you know, it's a little bit like the, the, the lack of faith in the D's and where we're travelling and, and how quick some people are to go to Mental weakness, or we've been worked out, all those tropes that I've heard ever since Goodwin began. It's like scratching a saw. Suddenly it all comes back up again, where it's like, well, you know, it's just a nonsense. When the game, when the method isn't working, as Goody said, well, everything else flows from there. Um, As I said last week, our scoring is completely dependent on our defensive system and our all-spread run. You take that away from us, and we're just a meat-and-potatoes team that's going to try and win on effort. Um, And there's the other question last week I mentioned about other teams struggling at this time. I don't know if you boys watched the um, Brisbane Saints game. Did you watch it, George? I I did, yes, yeah. I have never seen a game of footy at AFL level with two teams more obviously fatigued than in that match. It was appalling. Even the commentators... We're pointing it out. Ex-footballers go, oh, what's going on? They look like they're super tired. Yeah, I mean, the, it was appalling, the skills the, in
1: that game. the turnovers were just incredible. It was going from one side to the other. You know, the, uh, we'll talk about it later, but the only reason the Brisbane won is because the Saints had so many injuries. I think yeah. they had, had one effective player on the bench by the end of the game. But, so the Saints were gassed completely at the yeah. beginning of the game, but <laughs> then
2: they lost two players. And at the end, they were just literally – like the last kick of the go- goal, of, I forget, the fellow the one with the mullet – he could barely kick the ball from 30 metres, and, yeah. like, they were exhausted. It wasn't that – the conditions were perfect, apparently. It wasn't yeah, humid. Yeah, were, yeah. It was only 20 – There was 20 degrees. There was no humidity. Um, and I, I can honestly not recall a more obviously fatigued and low standard game. It was incredible. And they had two top-four aspirants. Mm-hmm. You know, Brisbane are the second favourite for the flag. Um, and similarly, Frio um, were obviously fatigued in the game against Hawks and, and all power to them. I thought it was a super impressive win Um just going back to our win, we could have won this game. We we're ahead, um, you know, in the last quarter. In fact, am I right in saying that we were ahead in the last quarter of all three of our losses? Um,
1: uh, it was, there was only two or three points in it, wasn't it? Three quarter time, I think. Yeah, have, so uh, yeah.
2: you know, we're yeah. in game. So I yeah. think that, of course, you know, it's it's terrible to lose. We'd all we all want the wins, but I, I think some credit needs to go to the players to of how they dealt with stuff. And you know, again, listen to Goody; he's happy with where we're at. Mm.
0: All right, let's uh, let's move. Unless, uh, did you have anything else, uh, B man?
2: With uh, oh, just 30? really it was just a question for both of you. And um, I mean, there's some some weird anomalies, tactical anomalies this year that I've noticed. And one of the curious things is. In this last three weeks, is that Goody hasn't pulled a single rein to try and stop anything, which I've found really curious. It's almost, it feels like a, sort of a stress test or something, but some, um, you know, they've tried some interesting things like uh, um, Brayshaw, who's been brilliant down back and doesn't look like he's coming out of the back line, but could have easily gone back. Jordan's is gone to the wing. Cozzy was in the arm, um, started in the arm um, center again this week. But it, it's interesting. It's almost as if they're saying to the defense, just, you know, you deal with it or the team deal with it um, but really the question I was wondering about and I don't have an answer is that our pressure numbers everyone's been talking about are, are down and we've gone without the ball um, from number one in the AFL last year to mid table 11 12th and I think that was before this game so it's probably dropped even further uh, and that without the ball pressure is like all the running and defensive running and I wonder whether it just seems to me that you know, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think the reason for that, if if, if it's conscious or if it's sort of example of a, something psychological. It, my feeling is we're playing deeper. We're playing much deeper and allowing the, the team to come at us and we're not pushing forward in waves. Whether that's, And it feels more likely that that's by design than it's just happening because Goody, you know, I think people still underestimate Goody. Nothing happens without it being part of the design.
1: Not quite quite sure, certainly it's difficult to look at it, um, particularly over the last three weeks, um, because there have been such big holes in the side, which makes it, it's not surprising the pressures dropped down over those three games previously, but I think you might be right that um, we're quite happy for the ball to come into the halfback line, because that's where we we do the intercepting, and that's where we start our attacks, so... um, uh, they might be almost conceding a bit of ground to them. Let them let them come up and see what they can do, mm-hmm. um, and then then. Uh, counter attack from from those areas, but I'm not. I wouldn't be sure about that. Yeah, it just seems like we haven't pulled the counter attack um, mm. lever as
2: much as we did last year. And you know, we needed the wins earlier um, last year. We needed to get them rolling, and so we we're more likely to attack. Um, I reckon. Like, it just seemed, as I knew. And one of the other things that was really interesting about the game against the Pies and people, my mate who I was sitting with, both mates I was sitting with what was driving them spare. Is when they were coming at us, we didn't we were so slow and deliberate with our ball movement. Now, I wonder whether that was about conserving energy or something else, but it was, you know, like oftentimes we had players free ahead of the ball. Oliver held it up when you could tell he saw the player because he went to kick it to him and then stopped. Uh, And it struck me just the way they were not moving the ball that that was a team direction, that was a coach direction because, you know, otherwise Oliver just goes in that circumstance without thinking. But, you know, he went to and then stopped himself.
0: Um, I just I was just having a read of the um, podcast thread and I just thought I'd read, before we go on to our, our positives and improvements, I thought I'd read out uh, a post from uh, one of our listeners who says, loves the pod, uh, never remember to listen live, might do it tonight. A few points I'd like to raise and this is from Doug Riemer, uh, the backline uh, Hibbard's first game back was incredibly underrated, no media attention at all. He may have made one bad clanger, but other than that, uh, it was like he hadn't missed a beat along with Brayshaw and Agazzi uh, Petty earning a lot of respect at the moment playing banged up. Uh, we would have lost by 10 goals without those three. Uh, however, with May back this week, I would argue that now is the time to move back, Brayshaw back to the wing. The problem with that is that Jordan has taken the wing role uh, given to him really well. Could Jordan play a half forward role uh, firstly, guys, you want to anyone want to speak of Hibbard? We haven't mentioned uh, him tonight.
1: Yeah, I, he, he was one of my positives. um All right. in, in, in the well, uh, we may as program. we well go that you can talk yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, that. yeah. Look, the the addition and Brayshaw of, was one. Yeah, so. Hibbard and Brayshaw, as as that poster has just said, they saved goal mm. after goal after goal in that game, um, and it's exactly why Hibbard was in the in the in the game. Um, he just used his. Um, body strength to out-position and out-manoeuvre his opponents. Um, he crushed Elliot, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely crushed him. Elliot Ali got a run, Who, uh, as a as uh, couple of the pies did. check got a couple as well when the ball went over the back. Yeah. Um uh, because you know our legs were dead by that stage and we didn't have anybody left in the in the back line with turner and petty off for for so long but yeah hibbert and Brasher were fantastic just holding holding things together and again in uh, goodie's presser you know th- those are the people that he was talking about when he's talking about the effort yeah, um, yeah. so so critical to us I, I wouldn't think we'd need to move I don't want. To, I wouldn't think we'd want to move Brayshaw away from where he's doing so well. Jordan's establishing himself nicely on that wing. Um, it's created another option for us down back with Brayshaw. We're going to have problems. Um, you know, Turner's obviously out for a long time now, um, so he's not an option for us. Three to four, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Tomlinson may well come back in. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, may May will certainly come in back in. But even with May there and Lever there and Salem there, Brayshaw is still going to keep um, playing yeah. in those roles. Wouldn't Wouldn't move him. Four to five weeks ago, I was
2: Salem comes back normal service resumes, Brayshaw goes back to the wing. But I could not have been more impressed with Brayshaw in the last few weeks. And I, yeah. I've always, I mean, barracking for Melbourne all my life, you know, you one of the things I've valued the most and the players I respect the most. And that's why I always loved Robbie flower was the players who play um, their best games in losing games, because mm-hmm. to me, it says something about their, their approach to the game and their, you know, <laughs> without putting it, like a too, too high and mighty, but like the, their approach to life really. And I, I, I loved um, um, Gus's game on the weekend. He's courage to go back with the flight. He's smart. Um, uh, you know, He's just made that position his own. It's like he plays it different to Salem. He's he's almost plays it sort of a tall medium. Um, you know, he goes back. He's the one taking the intercept marks. So I, I can't see them. Changing that What that means For someone like Rivers Is a really interesting question uh, JJ I think could play anywhere I think we talked about it A few weeks it, You know You put him anywhere He's just such a smart footballer But I, I like him on the wing Because it's the spot Where he can use the, His smarts um, The most And he's also I think he's he's got the sort of mentality to play the offside wing role and not, you know, not be too fussed by it. So, um, you know, where that leaves a player like Rivers is is a really interesting question. We don't have to worry about it at the moment. Um, But, yeah, I'd be keeping him. What was the other question, Andy?
0: Um, He just asked about, yeah, with a brochure back to the wing, Jordan to a half-forward flank.
2: Yeah, but I, but I agree. I'm Hibbard. Hibbard was fantastic, and and, yeah. I, and I was really thrilled how fit and strong he looked. Like mm. you know, he he looked back to his fitness from last year, and um, you know, it's interesting, you know, what he brings to that to that table in terms of his ability. So you know, again, we had some players who really stood up, and as you say, George, he, you know, Goody was quick to emphasise the effort, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: Um or oh, George, that's your positive. Uh, my positive, uh, <laughs> it's not really one for discussion, but the only one I could find from this match was this, simply the fact that the bye has come and not a moment too soon. You know, we do look absolutely spent. We're banged up, uh, injury-wise. Uh, Penny will will love the rest. Uh, uh, when I when I wrote these notes, I didn't know Max was going to be out, so I didn't even know he was in a moon boot, so I th- sort of thought he'd like the rest, but... Um, Hopefully the week gives us some respite, and hopefully, man, you're correct. It's just a loading issue, but um, you know.
1: The, the pity it. is, Andy, that it's only a nine or ten I know, day we, break. We, it's not. We seem to have been dotted again <laughs> in this respect. Uh, when we, when we, of all the situations, we we actually need a long break this time, sort of thing, given the injuries we that abso- are prevalent.
0: Absolutely, did. Um, if we, for once, we could do with that Sunday four o'clock game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh B man, uh, you're positive. Uh, it, we're right where we need to be. Is there anything you want to expand on that? I thought you might no. have already uh talked about uh, that enough with our loading and all the other issues. Um, so we were
2: 11 2 last year, we're 10 3 this year with about the same percentage, doing fine. <sighs>
0: right, uh, improve uh, uh, this might uh, I might read I might read uh, uh, more of Doug Remers. he's talked about the forward line, then I'll go into my uh, improvements because that talks about the forward line so we can discuss all of it uh, at once. Um, we need a he uh, this is Doug saying we need a pack crunching key forward. I've lost faith faith in the weed last year, but what other options do we have? Does ban ruin? Uh, even though he's young come in and get the license to lead and fly at the packs the way he plays reminds me of a young hogan not as clinical but just as brave um he goes into more about our, our and i'll get to them in a sec but uh you know i'll go into my improvement uh for me it's clear that our uh second tall forward options are not working perhaps the issue might simply be that it's the Method that's not working, and instead of bombing it in, we just need to lower our eyes and hit up a leading target. Um, having said that, I'm not confident in either Weideman or Brown. Um, that's Mitch Brown as as T Mac's replacement. Uh, so where does that leave us? Uh, when we had T Mac in the side and scoring wasn't an issue, I was content to with being able to have the flexibility. Excuse me, guys. <coughs> Sorry, not COVID. Uh, the flexibility to develop uh, rookie Jacob Van Ruin in the twos and often rushing a key position player into the seniors can impact their development. However, is it time that we think outside the box in regards to our forward line and <coughs> perhaps pull the trigger and see what he can do from the glimpses that I've seen him play at Casey? He provides more strength and presence than either the two aforementioned players. It might be a risk but could be a calculated risk given we have tried two alternatives that have failed to meet even the most basic of expectations before I have a coughing fit and have to mute my mic. (laughs) Do either of you want to go in? Can we pull the trigger on Jacob Van Ruin? I know we didn't want to have to do it. You know, it might be too early but uh, we're in dire straits, guys. Uh, Who wants to take that?
2: Personally, I wouldn't. Uh I could see him coming in round 19 and now around 20, 21 or something, but I would now. Like it's, I don't know about what you think, George, but he's not ready. I don't think AFL one. Why, you know, it's not a, it's not an emergency break glass moment. You know, that's why it might feel like if you've, if your MFCS is flaring again <laughs> and you're, you're reading too much Demon Land and you're listening to David King and Owo is. Me as a demon fan, it's all coming back to me now. You know, it's not an emergency we're in. You know, it's not. It's not. um, So I wouldn't be bringing a young player in for. You know, it sends a funny message, to be honest. If you don't think he's ready, you know, last week, why is he suddenly ready this week? But you know, I reckon he's a sneaky chance to be brought in late because in the season, because then his freshness and he's if he plays now, comes in now, and he and there was any thought of him playing in the finals. Six seven weeks of senior footy might completely flatten him, become final. So, if there is any thought of bringing him in at any point in the season, it, I, I would think it would be later in the season. Give him a couple of games before the season, um, before the home and away finishes. So, he's a if he is going to play, he's playing at peak freshness coming into the um, into the finals.
1: It's, it's going to be difficult for the selection committee this week. So I'll, I'll present the counter-argument <laughs> in that um, nothing that Mitch Brown has done in the last two games would warrant keeping him in the side. Wiedemann's only been down at Casey for one week um, and he, he performed adequately in half a game and did very little in the first half of the game that he played in. And certainly Van Ruen did more perhaps than what Wiedemann did and, and you finish up in this uh, dilemma of, gee, we really don't want to bring him in, but uh, in this case, what are the, what are the options? It's the same options, you know, when people are talking about who, who we put in the back line, you know, T- Turner probably wouldn't have got a game. Uh, you know, 100% wouldn't have got a game. Wouldn't have got a game previously, but you just get to that situation where you've got no other options. And the problem. The we did. We had Tomlinson. So <laughs> we haven't to, well, said that. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, but having a lot, um, so it gets it gets really really difficult. You don't want to play them, but necessarily for their own development. But maybe that's the best option that we've got at this point in time. Um, hopefully, T Mac will come back. You know, with a few rounds to go in the season. Yeah, um, yeah and but we'll we'll get the opportunity to. Uh, I, I suspect we we will see JVR at some point during this season. I, I think he's too much. There's too much talent and sheer, uh, sheer talent there that um, needs to be uh, exposed at some point in the season. To, um, to and the ankle, Goodie's
2: got form in bringing in. I mean, Bowie's the Bowie's the obvious one, but mm. you know, other players that come in and you know, even Wiedemann, I, I can't remember how many games he played in 2018. Andy, you probably know, but you know the like. And there, there's a that's a thing in footy, isn't it? Like you know, I think about Dermot Brereton. Yeah, I mean, it's a long yeah. time ago, I know. But he Van Ruin reminds me a little bit, not quite as you know, not quite the same. But they're probably similar build. And if you are going to bring someone like an X factor, you know, he he, Goodie is, you know, he he seems a bit dour as a coach, but he's not. You know, he tries some tactical things in it, and he's not sort of adverse to throwing someone in. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I think that. Um, it would be early in the season to be to breaking glass. You know, we've got Tomlinson there. I would think Tomlinson give him a crack up forward. You know, he played um, a season at the Giants up forward. Uh, I hate the idea of Petty going up forward. He's, yeah. you know, particularly now, like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> of all times. So I don't think I'd be throwing him up forward.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Uh, Wiedemann played three games in uh, 2016, uh, the last couple of games of the season. He uh, played seven in 2017 and ten in 2018. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm thinking
2: Spargo, but Spargo played most of 2018 as well. Yeah, in his he, did, he did. I think you are. I think you're Spargo. Yeah, we yeah. had that conversation, I think. But, you know... I I'm He's going to be a star. Um, I totally agree. He's... Um,
0: 18 know, games.
2: Uh, super, super talent, but I, I, I wouldn't be in any hurry to bring him in now. Um, in the thread, in that same thread podcast on the thing, there was a <laughs> Red Sox a comment about um, Benny Brown's inability to market one grab. <laughs> it's like, you know... Well, he is
0: having that problem at the moment. Uh, it seems that he's getting his hands to it and then um, not being able to take it in that one grab, so... Yeah. Is a bit of a problem. What about our uh, – uh, Doug Reamer has talked about uh, – he's he's sort of asking uh, about our small forwards, but he's saying that Bedford should come in uh, and rather than talk uh, ins and outs yet. Uh, what do you think of our uh, small forwards, Spargo, uh, Alex Neil Bullen? Are we getting enough of them uh, offensively and in turn yeah. their their pressure and def- defensive uh, stuff?
2: At the very real risk of repeating myself it's just so if if you ascribe to the theory that i subscribe to that we're in a heavy loading phase it'll go to a period then you can't really make an um an assessment of where they're at because a player like nibbler and spargo their whole game is based around the amount of kilometers they run spargo is said often sorry nibbler is upset often enough um who who had an average game and it must be said yeah. i was thinking of you george that, that was a definitely a good case for nibbler to be dropped this week but of course he won't be but you know the his game is built on his up and down the ground running if you take that away from nibbler what, what what does that leave you, um, an average half forward flanker who's you know who seems to have got the complete goal um, kicking yips? I had no confidence he'd kick that, but even that you could argue was fatigue related. He barely made the distance from forty meters, nor could Harm yeah. for that matter. Harm didn't yeah, make option. the distance from running straight at goal, straight I towards me.
0: Think he was passing it, which he, he should wasn't have had passing a passing sh- that no, no way should course, have had a shot. There's no that.
2: way he was passing that ball. So that, I, I think it's just a bit hard to judge where those small forwards are at. Um, I actually thought Cosy. Because he was terrific, his energy yep. was terrific, and really stood out.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Um, George, you wanted to um, talk about outside mids as your improvement.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what Ben was just talking about. Then, you know, that uh, the disposals from the outside mids in Nibbler and, and Harms, in particular, were were just. Below par, you know, Nibbler with 54% disposal efficiency. From he's not like a vineyard who's in, you know, trying to hand pass through people's legs and heads and things, and you don't expect high efficiency. He's an outside, and he, he's in this game, he, his disposal just killed us. Um, Harms wasn't much better, but again, it's, um, it's if, if it's about the loadings, it's not surprising um, when you've got. Um, players who are meat and veggie sort of players, and every t- t- team needs meat and veggie sort of players. If they're fatigued and tired, they really drop the – le- the level of, of skill really drops off um, dramatically. Um, uh, so, yeah, hopefully we can see an improvement in those areas from, from those outsiders. That yeah, was so frustrating, wasn't it? But almost
2: more frustrating was our fumbles. Yeah, like uh, track, so track cost us that. a certain
0: goal that would have oh. put us even further up at, at this yeah. time. So. Track
2: fumbled that ball twice. I didn't think it's possible. Mm. Like the yeah, it was our kicking was appalling um, on the weekend. But the fumbles and the first touch, it's really interesting. Is that it's you don't when they don't fumble, you never think, oh wow, he's mm. taking that cleanly, or unless Dead it's eating. really evident. But as soon as the team starts fumbling. You really notice it, don't you? Not so much the fumble, but the impact of it. Like the the way that it, a chain of possessions um, and transition breaks down at that point. Um, and a lot of them, because we're not pushing up hard, we're not getting our those turnovers that we were when we we're up and about. And so when we turn it over, it's in their zone. And and um, the pies, I thought, were fantastic in their ability to relentlessly take advantage of of that. Um just clearly the other horror of that game was um, Cox. And I said to my mate that my my idea of hell is going to a big game, say a final at the MCG against Collingwood, and Cox getting off the chain and the crowd start chanting well, USA, yeah, well, USA. <laughs> and it, and it, <laughs> thankfully it didn't happen. But I was walking down the back steps of the Ponsford Stand. There's a bunch of really drunk young guys fans or chanting melbourne shit <laughs> Melbourne shit followed up by you guess that usa they were doing usa, USA. during oh.
0: the, during the game but i thought early on uh, before he sort of got off the chain i thought they cheer every time he goes near the ball almost like him. they're surprised that he did something good and then he uh, ended up having a, a pretty decent game um well, I reckon if you're going to mount a
2: case against fatigue, you'd show one clip. Him running into side 50 with no one tackling him yeah. and kicking a goal from 45 metres. You know, we might have done the other teams a um, favour. Maybe they'll be forced to keep him in for the next three, four weeks because
0: yeah. he's played his one good game for the year. Yeah. Um, Big man, uh too many. Oh, I think this is directed at me. Uh, too many fans need to harden up and show some faith. Uh, why do I feel that? And then uh, <laughs> that's my writing. Why do I feel that this is directed at
2: me? <laughs> well, you know, if the shoe fits, it wasn't directed at you. But it's quite <laughs> Freudian that you're um, that you've taken it on. But yeah, I just think to to you know what's the saying is take a big glass of concrete, harden up. And um, you know, write it out. And again, I said it last week, I said that this game was a danger game that I, I don't back against Melbourne, but if I was gonna it would have been this game. Um and we're in for another month if last year's anything to go by, we're in for another six weeks of sub optimal performance, so buckle up and um, stay the course.
0: I know someone who um who put uh but we were paying I think four four dollars or four or last week against the Swans, $4.20 or something. Uh, they were paying, not uh, Sorry, they, they were paying $4.20 and he put 500 – he's a Melbourne supporter – put 500 <laughs> bucks on the Swans, so he did yeah. He did all right out of that. Well, I can't do I can it. No, I can't do that either. Uh, hedge your bets.
2: Um, but I will back the Ds for the flag when we get to fours. When it touches fours, bang, I'm on. 360 just for those who are playing at home. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to, before we go to ins and outs, let's talk about uh, the Casey game. Casey continued on their unbeaten run in a wet and wild game out at Casey on Sunday, watched a little bit um, after halftime and, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had such a huge lead at half time and then I didn't see many <laughs> goals after that. It was pretty wet. Casey defeated the Magpies by fifty two points, setting up a win by half time. Um I can't remember who was going to talk about this first was that you, George. Uh
1: or maybe both you? of uh, us. Yeah. yeah, you can both talk
0: about it, yep. but uh yeah. wants yeah, to
1: talk uh, Look the this this was an interesting game as as a game of footy to watch. Um, Casey were just um, in particularly in that first half, where the you know by half time they're leading by what was it fifty two points? Yeah, which was the final margin. Yeah. Then it absolutely bucketed down in tip, typical Casey fashion. Uh, but previous to that, there was typical Casey wind. Um, but what I thought was really interesting, I switched across to look at the GWS North game going on at the same time and promptly switched back because the Casey game was far, far superior to watch. It was just awful what was going on in the other channels. Um, around the players, it was, it was interesting. Uh, Rivers stood out as, uh, look, he's just not, he's far better than VFL, Um, um he had twenty three disposals, um, including eight marks. It was just just fantastic. Uh, Dunstan thirty nine disposals. He he just got everything that came his way, and more so, um, his disposal in this at this level wasn't all that bad. Um, which compares to the pressure. It's a good comparison with the pressure at AFL level. It just drops off a bit. Uh, Andy Monies Wakefield. Very lively, very into a lot of things. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, but died off a little bit in the second half. But the same could be said for Bedford as well. Um, uh, Hunt um, did pretty well. Again, a player who's uh, better than VFL level and and his capability and runs at the time were good to see. Um, Laurie was interesting, 23 disposals, um, but zero marks. Uh, so he's, he's getting the ball a lot on the inside. Um, another one who dropped away was Deacon Smith. Again, played well in the first half, but, but drop, really dropped away. Well, Woden looks like someone who's going to really turn out nicely for us, I think. Bit of development there, but he's developed the body and he's got the same smarts as his old man. Um, so, um, yeah, look forward to it, probably next year for him uh, coming through. One one who I like who's not on our list is, is Corey Ellison. He will be on an AFL list next next year of some sort. Uh, he's not going not going to be missed again. He can play forward and play back. Um, he, he's just a great footballer. So um, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him playing uh, in this game. We didn't have door. I don't know why. Um,
0: he's missed a number of games this yeah, year. Yeah, he had COVID strengths. and he's had flu and, and yeah. various reasons. And yeah, so,
1: it, so. so you know, when we're talking about ins and outs later on, that, that might be one of the questions. Is he actually available yeah. mm-hmm. um, in a couple of weeks' time? Um, but at, um, uh, uh, Van Royen, we've talked about, he was, he was just superb. Um, he's playing a lot up the ground. Mm. And down back. Yeah, uh, he went down uh, back later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was also playing in the ruck as well as the backup Mm. ruck. Um, You know, they're obviously trying to develop um, all those roles with him. but, yeah, he's he's something something special. He's you know, It's easy to forget he's 19 and has played nine VFL games and we're already talking about him um, in the way we are. But, um, yeah, Casey, it was an inter- a really interesting game. Uh, we did, performed adequately, I suppose. Um, uh, didn't see much of him um, uh, in the first half, but then he turned it on a bit in the second half, but really didn't. Didn't even though the conditions weren't great. Um, uh, I think he got one goal in the end, so it wasn't something spectacular. And it was only the first week that he's been sent back there, so it was a usual story. Um, you know, if you really want to get back into the side, um, you need to be showing a bit more than that. Um, so
2: I thought his um, attack on the ball was really good in the second half. It was pretty. Average in the first half, but yeah. I, I reckon him. Well, I don't know. Obviously, maybe he got a rocket at half time, But I thought he's. I didn't actually see the last quarter. I saw a bit of it, but I saw the third quarter, and I thought his attack on the ball was much, much better. Yeah, um, it didn't it was, it clunk was, any. But it's really
1: all I want to see is yeah. just getting you know, dismashed. Yeah, it, it was it was chalk and cheese between the two halves. But the the eternal question with weed is why? Why do they need to be like that? You've got to do it for the whole game. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Exactly, so that's the.
2: I mean, I'm just it's interesting your point about Van Ruin going back and in the ruck, and makes me wonder whether part of that is to, you know, maybe I'm not is by I'm trying to feed into your confirmation bias here, Andy, but maybe that's about getting some seeing how he goes against getting whacked a bit because so if he goes into the forward line in an AFL team, he's going to get smashed a bit.
0: Hmm. Oh, uh, he. He would. They would not play him in the ruck if that wasn't uh, sanctioned by the senior uh, coaching staff, wanting yeah. to, him to get some minutes here and there because they could have played Weed in the ruck, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm sure he, he probably did at times. Um, considering Magic was out and they had another. Who's the, the ruckman? Bell was it? Bell. Yeah, yeah. They had,
2: uh, yeah. So, and Collingwood had a pretty good side you know, yeah. in. certainly stronger than um, some of the other VFL teams would play. So yeah, no, so
0: he, he that that ruck work, yeah, him going into the ruck, uh, would have been there's no way they'd put him in the ruck if that wasn't, um,
1: no, and he's sort of and, and sanctioned, he's, no, and he's not a great ruck, as he's, ruck yeah, he's, yeah, like but he's got a natural, yeah, deal. But, but they put him in there, yeah,
0: you go, know, you know, that's what I meant. He'd have gone yeah. in there unless it was sort of, yeah, put him in every now and again,
2: yeah, yeah, good summary, George, and uh, I concur with all of that. I, money's Wakefield has got something about him just the way he plays yep. and he makes good decisions. And, um, uh, Rosman's out with the hammies and he's so it's yep. a pity bad timing for him because, yep. you know, he's the sort of tall player half that, you know, he he's probably one of our what, top 12 in terms of height. Like he'd be close to 6'2 or something, I guess, in the old. Mm. But, um, um, I, I agree on, um, on uh, um, Wey Woden, and um, I. To be honest, I wasn't super impressed with him the first couple of times I saw him play, but he's really he's really improved. And uh, it's a good point you make about it. he looks physically more more AFL ready, but he also looks a bit more comfortable and he's holding the ball a bit longer and making good decisions. And mm. he's got a really nice, neat kicking action, which is you know so, so important. Um, and, you know, I, I also concur about Dunstan is that he, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he had to lead the poisoning of the first degree. Yeah. Um,
0: uh,
1: and Laurie, Laurie, did you mention, like, he yeah, played in a yeah, game, I, yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, 23 disposals. Yeah. yeah my, my concern is what I've raised with before, you know, how does, how does Laurie, Laurie get a game in the seniors uh, between... A, who he's behind. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult, especially when you've got Bedford and, and Chandler and those sort of players sort of sitting ahead of him at the moment. How? Do, where does he go from here? Um, yeah. I just don't know. Well, it's his time. I guess, you know, injuries happen, as we know, so. Yeah
0: all right let's move in uh to the ins and outs uh before we go into the ins and outs proper for this week i think we need to talk about the elephant in the room and that is how do we cover the loss of max gorn for the next three to five weeks uh luke jackson can't be expected to ruck all day and you know with T max sideline for longer uh the max is out for i guess that will that probably will give sam Wiedemann the other chance another chance and we know sam has been training or been playing in the ruck, uh, they sort of t- trained him up to do that, to be that relief ruckman um, uh, for, for Max. So, uh, you know, is are we going to see uh, Sam? Uh, he he might have got his chance anyway with Mitch Brown not really putting his hand up to stay in the side and uh, I guess then we, we sort of discussed this that the other option is Magic Dawg but he too has been in and out of the twos with with COVID, perhaps the flu, and he was out again this week. So how do you guys seeing us covering this massive loss of our premiership captain and five time All Australian over the next next few weeks? Um what do you think will happen? Who's gonna come in? Will it be Magic? Will it be
1: I think that's the ultimate question. Will it, you know again the selection table problems? You know, magic's certainly tall. He can he can do the ruck, but you know he doesn't do much around the ground, which is going to be so critical uh, in at, at AFL level. Um, the other possibility is uh, Tomlinson's actually done some rucking uh, in the past as well. In you know at times, so maybe it's an option for us with Turner out. Maybe bring Tomlinson in as a as a backman, come ruck. Um, I don't. i don't know. I really. I'm not confident about it by any stretch. Um, but you know. It's sort of equal confidence with with door uh, uh, as well. You bring in door mm. as a forward ruck. You know, um,
0: no, no one that comes in is going to be able to do what Max no, does around no, the ground in the yep. marks up, down the line, or down last line of defense. Yeah.
1: So yeah, and, that, and that's why it comes to the selection committee. Uh, yeah. they see it, see the players better than we do. I, I'd love Magic Door to get a run. Um, it's a bit curious.
2: That's is that two of the last four games, last three games he's not played. No
1: injury. Uh, he played played in the Swans game um, at the and MCG, then, but it, but previous game before that he was out. And, and this two of well. the last
2: three, years. So yeah. So that that's not great preparation, I mean it's awful timing if he's got a niggle or something in terms of the opportunities arrived. the The question I have is a bit what you know. It, my question over him is: Can he be the number one ruck? Is he fit enough to be the number one ruck? Um, and I suspect. I'm not entirely sure that he is. And, um, I mean, it's a bit hard to tell, obviously. (laughs) He looks fit enough. Um, But uh, so I'd love to see him come in. But I suspect... Um, more likely is um, Weed to come in and play um, forward with, um, you know, we've got a ruckman, we've got Jackson, he's a ruckman. Um, he's not a forward, he's a ruckman. So he goes into the to the Gorn role. He's been playing 50-50 almost for the last four or five weeks, hasn't he? Um, percent, you know, in terms of ruck time, maybe 60-40. Uh, he just goes to 70% rucking and then Weed gives him a chop out. That seems to me the logical... You know, I I, I think we, I like him, his ruck craft. He seems, he worked on it um, pretty hard back in 2019 and um, I think it's not too bad. And so, um, you know, we've got a player we drafted as a ruckman He's been rucking all season. He hasn't been in um, um, super form, but there's ridiculous comments in a thread about his contract of people being okay with you know trading him off and it's actually we won't lose too much if we get a couple of first-rounders. I mean, please, come on. This guy is a future... Like he's already a star he's only a kid. He's just, he's 21 at his next birthday. Uh, He's a phenomenon. Um, And, you know, so maybe it's his time to carry that number one ruck mantle for the next four weeks. You know, we're in an amazing position that we've got him. So let's use him. Um, I don't think Mad Jack's a good enough forward to then be a forward Mm. ruck. So that leaves weed and weed gets one more shot at it. Um, And just in terms of those forwards, I, could not agree more about your comment about Mitch Brown. Um his been – like, it's interesting, isn't it? It says something about the standard of VFL because he looks a cut above VFL and he's mm. looked several levels below AFL in the last two weeks. Yeah. And yeah. I liked
0: yeah. him when he mm. came mm. in in mm. 2020. <laughs> yeah. I, I rated – well, rated well, him as a, back, game, as a backup.
2: Yeah, um, his first game was okay. Like, his first game back in, but he was yeah. – he's just not built for AFL footy is he's not strong enough
1: no the other the other option that we've got with the ruck is that Brisbane only use uh, they only named uh, McInerney as a single ruck last week Uh, he's very physical and and that's one aspect that door can handle uh, because he is very strong Um, around the ground becomes a problem because I I would hate to see Jackson pummeled by um by yeah, that's, like a, that's a point.
0: That's a yeah. point. Um, they've got, have they got two ruckmen? They've got McInerney uh, and his fort? They, they, the
1: they had fort, yeah, but they named fort on was the interchange. Inter- yeah. yeah, it was interchange, which was very fortuitous for them in this game um, because then they had two rucks on the ground uh, to counter um, uh, St Kilda's uh, uh, rider and marshal. Uh, yeah. which you prefer fairy pummels weed? <laughs> I, yeah. I think he'll pummel some whoever he's up against, yeah. but um, but Mag Jack's got the body at least to be able to to um, stand up against that. You know, but I'd, I'd hate to see Jackson pummeled. You know, and and then expected to do it again and again in the next couple of weeks. So, Tomlinson's an interesting.
2: I'm sorry, Andy, there because he it would have been a pretty serious bit of man management to go on for Turner to get selected of ahead of him. Mm. Um, now Turner's bro- – and it was that effort, I just watched him attack that ball when it was a bit stupid, to be honest, the way he attacked – like he attacked it f- head on basically, but it was like a first game in just desperate I – th- I thought he played great. That um, You know, the getting back to Michael's question about um, Turner, I-, I thought he did some – Disco. It's great to be yelling disco. <laughs> but, um, you know, I thought he did some really nice things. And it was such a pity that, um, yeah. you know, he, and I watched, I had I had my binoculars on that contest and he was out. Um, I think, he, I can't remember if his head. I think his head ricocheted on the ground as well. But um, that's not where he did his he's fractured cheekbones. So he was gone when he hit the ground. He, he stood up and he was wobble. Fortunately, he was right near the bench. But um, that's a, that's a real shame. But where does that leave Tomo if you're not getting, you know, you're getting Turner? So it'd be interesting to see. You know, I think Tomo could work up for it as a short-term gap. But as you say, he could probably spend some time rucking and strong. You know, he's 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 big enough. So
0: The next few weeks we've got um, Brisbane, we've got Adelaide in Adelaide, um, Geelong in Geelong, and then up to Darwin uh, uh, for Port Adelaide. Ellis. Alice. Alice. Yeah. I won't say same same because yeah. don't, <laughs> don't need supper. <laughs> but yes, Max even, miss
2: 5 yeah. weeks yeah. or 4 well, games. Is it 5 well, weeks out including the bye
1: or well, is it depends, five game?
0: Depends. Depends if it's 5 weeks out. It could be 3. Yeah. Some players have only missed 3 weeks yeah. uh, with, with that. Cinnamon. So uh,
1: it's it's 3 to 5. At least it's yeah. not 4 to 6 because yeah, they, you know what that can lead to. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, if
2: uh, channelling my inner goodie that it's an opportunity for the team to really show some resilience and the fans to show some resilience and, and um, and you know, to see what, uh, you know, soldier out, soldier in. <laughs> Good football cliche there. Well, um, it's
0: hard to replace a, a five-time to All-Australian. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, and now, like... We've seen May out, like the impact of having May oh, out yeah. for three games. How many games was Lieber out for? He was out for three. Salem, it was he out, out, for, out for six or, or seven. No, you know, most as I said season. at the top, now we're looking at 30 to 40 of our best 22 out already at this point of the season. So, you know hopefully that will turn around and I mean before people jump on Selwyn um, Griffith all of them are impact injuries so very few soft tissue I think there was mm-hmm. um, a calf that maybe Hibbo had or um, but the rest are all football accidents really and that happens you know we were lucky enough for them not to happen last year it's a big factor in our um, premiership and we hopefully we've had our bad luck and um, we'll get a better run for the rest of the season.
0: Uh, eight or nine days until our next game. Anyone else likely to come in and come out? Obviously, Stephen May is a lock to come in. He will replace uh, Disco Turner. Um,
2: I think Bedford will change. come in. I suspect they Bedford went back to yeah. play a full game at Casey. Absolutely, would be my feeling
0: absolutely. So Chandler will 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 go back for Bedford. Um, any other changes?
2: You want to pull? The, any.
0: You want to pull the trigger on anyone?
2: I can't see them doing anything no. radical. I mean, there's no no one else to bring in. So, yeah. you know, how much vaunted depth is being tested? Um, you know, the the one thing I say, the other thing, just while the thing about the VFL game, is the coverage was great. I thought, and mm. Libby Birch was yeah, she's um, one of the commentators. Yeah. She was
1: great. She was terrific. Yeah. Really good. Gave some really interesting insights. I thought. Yeah, I loved. I loved the uh, comment that she said. Uh, oh, the umpiring's been fantastic today, and the other oh, commentator said, brother. "Yeah, that's because it's your brother." All <laughs> yeah. oh, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also mentioned it was interesting the impact of the wind down at Casey, yeah. uh, and um, uh, you know the, the conditions down there, and that must be a hell of a place to play footy, I'd reckon. But yeah, no, yeah, I thought she was terrific.
0: Um yeah. yeah. I think I think she's got a good future in uh in that uh commentating thing. I think the next step for her will probably be to do sort of those r- boundary line things uh, for mm. the AFL matches. So good yeah. good on her.
1: I, I yeah. reckon uh, she can replace BT anytime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh let's go into opposition watch. Uh George, uh, the Brisbane Lions uh took on the Saints on uh Saturday night, uh, they ended up cruising to victory. Against an undermanned and injury riddled St Kilda uh, Who had no one As we mentioned no one sort of left On the bench and top it all off uh, The the Lions have dethroned us from Top spot on the ladder Mm. Which we've enjoyed for for pretty much the whole Season Uh, this sets up A top of the table clash next uh, Well uh, after the bye Given that they and Frio also have the bye So no one will go Ahead of us uh, this week
1: (sighs) Yeah, um, as Man mentioned before, it actually wasn't a great game to watch. There was it was a war of attrition out there, and quite frankly, the only reason Brisbane won the game was because the Saints had so many players injured in, during the game. There, were, I think there were two concussion two injuries. Two concussions, both yeah, bad ones. So. Yeah, really, yeah, really bad. Um, uh, they finished up with only two players on the uh, interchange bench, and I think one of them was Mason Wood, who had an ankle injury, so he could barely run. Um, they just had no legs, and and the only the difference at three quarter time was two or three points. I think you know it's a very similar sort of situation to what we were in. You know, one side had to win, and in this case, it was because Brisbane had less injuries and had more players on the ground to rotate. Um, so it was hard to gain hard to gain any insights into them um interestingly they've they've averaged 15 goals a game uh this season so they're all about high scoring um, during the during the games and they've got lots of options uh to achieve that so it'll be good for us to have a decent back line back available and uh, hopefully have all our our main players available so um if we can hold them uh, to the pre um, mid-season um, drop-off that we've had to the 60-point margin, we will win the game, uh, even though our forward line isn't—it hasn't been all that functional. Um, interestingly, they—they've they, lost, um, and again, talking about injuries, they've only got three people that are injured at the moment. One of them, who—who uh, who hasn't played, I think. Um, the other ones occurred in this game. Dane Sorko did a hamstring, so he'll be out for a couple of weeks, uh, and. Uh, uh, Gardner, um, who has rib injuries, so he might be out for a couple of weeks as well. As he's one of their backmen, but um, yeah, it's going to be going to be very interesting. If they're in in loading phase as well, um, which you, you would suspect because they're obviously challenging this year. Um, If they're not in loading phase, they're in serious trouble um, because uh, it was a pretty ordinary performance. The number of turnovers was, was extraordinary to watch as players simply couldn't hit their opposition targets for both sides. Yeah, it was some sort of match.
2: Devline loading phase, I mean, they're super fatigued. I mean, they've gone the last five matches, a win-loss, win-loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. And, and one of their wins was pretty um, uninspiring um, against the Giants where they, um, as I said last week, I think they were down five goals within a blip. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. My query on them, I, I, I have... I, I'd rank the Saints ahead of them because they've got a better defence. I just mm. don't think that the um, Lions have got a premiership-winning defence. They've got a good team. I, I th- I'd have them, you know, pound for pound, I'd have them the second-best list in the AFL behind us. Not far, probably, arguably not far behind us either. Um, I just don't think that their defensive system stacks up in 2021. So, uh, 2022, I should say. I'm <laughs> a year behind myself. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting that I... I, I that they didn't retool it and, and change it like the way um, Geelong have, have clearly done in terms of the way they play. Um, that, I mean, that's less about their defensive system, more about their, the, the way they get territory, I guess, with the Cats. But um, yeah, they certainly get opened. For a top-four team, they get opened up a lot even when they're at their best.
1: And that, and that's with really talented players. Um... Defenders like Harris Andrews and Adams and Gardner as well—they um, should be doing better than what they actually are. But uh, yeah, they're they're an interesting phenomena. And there's a couple of players, big outs
2: that could possibly Zorko, who I just every time I watch him, I <laughs> I hate him as a footballer and more mm. and more. He was he was a he was a shocker in that game against the Saints. And um, um, but he's I think he's got a hammy, and there's yeah, someone hammy. else's. So yeah, I hope they rush him back.
0: Well, they said it was a, it wasn't a big tear or big, um, big. Yeah, paging, tear. paging
2: Webber for, <laughs>
1: for yeah, so, a, a tear. But, but so yeah, like you can't imagine he'll get up if it's a no, tear it's, at all. So yeah, yeah, and it's only a nine or ten day break for them as well. Yeah.
2: All right. I, 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 here's my tip for the game: is that. If, again, looking back at history last year, Essendon was the next game that we played, but that Port was the game that we got up for. And um, Max basically said afterwards that we freshened for this game. That was a six-day or seven-day break. Um, I wonder whether that I'm hoping that we'll set um, ourselves for that game and maybe you know, they'll like give them a lighter load in that in the lead up to them and give some, you know, maybe get some freshness um, with a view to winning that, that game.
0: Well I wonder whether the boys are off, they obviously get a break in the buyer. Four notice. days I think I,
2: it's I, not I, a huge amount of time is it? Yeah no. I,
0: saw, uh, I saw, I think it was Harms' Instagram, he looked like he was up at some tropical location um, so um yeah they'd have a few days off um all right i think we might leave it there and the d's might have uh the buy this coming weekend but we will be back next week to do our annual mid-season review i'm not sure what uh, that will look like just yet but the boys and i still have to discuss the format so look out for that show next week wherever you get your podcasts and uh Thank you to uh, George. Thank you, Bidman. Thank you to Michael, uh, who called in earlier in the show. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll discuss uh, the. We'll give our our thoughts on the season to date. On, go teams.
2: Go Red Leggers. Come on.